Richard used to come into this region. They slept there. The old men had many supplies stored inside. There was also a hidden tunnel at the back of the cave, which could be used, should an emergency escape be required. With that destination in mind, Orin tore through the thickets of bramble, briars, and holly, and descended toward the pathway. He tripped a few times, but picked himself up and kept going. When he reached the trail, he raced down it as fast as he could go. The path cut alongside sheer cliffs and was wide enough for only one person. A single misstep could send him hurtling to his death on wave-battered rocks, hundreds of feet below. The sun rose over the eastern ocean, turning the waters red and bathing the cliffs in a rosy hue. This made the boy frantic, for any tough who had emerged from the fortress could peer over the cliff edge and see him running. He pushed himself to his limits. When he reached the cave, he saw that Gorse had grown over the entrance. Neither he nor Richard had been here in over a year, because the old man had been ill. Therefore, the growth was now thick, preventing Orin from entering. He lost his temper at the prickly obstruction. He grabbed it, ripped it away, and flung it off the cliff. After a few minutes of frenzied action, he cleared an entrance. He climbed the five-meter shaft that led to the main chamber. The cave floor was covered in straw and feathers, because bush rats had chewed up the hides and seabird down cushions that Richard kept here. The only light in the cave came from the entrance, not enough for Orin to see what he was doing. He flailed about in the mess, searching for the old Vowsen cloak. He found it, and noted with pleasure that the garment was intact. Dust and dander filled the air, causing him to cough fitfully and making his eyes water. Blind and gasping for breath, he searched for more items. He found pieces of leather, with which he bandaged his stinging hands. He then located a small pot, a pan, a hunting knife, a spoon, makeshift arrows, and several pieces of flint. He placed these items inside the cloak's large pockets. He luxuriated in the cloak's soft texture. The garment covered him down to the knees, which was fortunate, because he wore only a ragged pair of knee-length breeches, and a belt with a pouch. Unusually, pockets made from boughs and hide made the contents seem lighter. Orin found Richard's hunting bow and water skin. He fitted the bow across his chest. Satisfied that he now had everything he needed, he relaxed and dozed off, secure in the knowledge that the cave was well hidden. Voices at the entrance jolted him awake. What do we got here? A wee little cave? I say so, Loomis. Look at all these feathers and bits of hide. Reckon the swine boy's here. It's a nice little hole for a slippery rat. Well, we saw him this morning, a third tough said. He can't have gotten far. A chill shot up Orrin's spine. His heart pounded and he broke out in a sweat despite the cold. His enemies had found the cave and would surely take him to Lord Berthus. How do we know anyone's been here lately? One of the toughs asked. The place looks a right mess to me. I saw some brush falling over the edge of this cliff like someone was tossing it, Loomis said. Maybe the swine boy had to do that to get in. Bombo, you go in. Don't kill him if you can help it. Lord Berthus wants to do that himself. Orin's heart raced, and his stomach lurched. He saw the light from Bombo's lantern illuminate the top of the chamber. He cursed his short temper that had made him fling Brush off the cliff without thinking. In doing so, he had alerted Loomis and the others as to where he was. Fortunately, the light revealed the presence of stones, including some the size of a man's fist. Orin picked one up, 
scrambled over to the incline and threw it onto the approaching tuff. A crack and a groan and the man dropped his lantern and slid to the cave entrance. Bombo, what happened? Swine boy's there, I'll get him. Tony, wait, Loomis called out. He's dangerous. Don't care, Tony growled. Orin heard the brute barge into the tunnel, and he readied another rock. He threw it, and it hit the tough, who slid down the entrance the way Bombo had. Let's smoke him out, Loomis said. Men, grab as much brush as you can. We're gonna set it on fire. All these feathers will burn. The swine boy will either come to us, or be cooked. But if we kill him, another tough said, then we can't take him to Lord Berthus. Better that than getting killed trying to catch him, Loomis said. Anyway, what he's carrying won't burn. Orin frantically felt about until he found the hidden tunnel.